If you've stumbled across this podcast looking for some ideas for Pinterest perfect birthday cakes... Well, boy, are you in the wrong place. <laughs> this is comedy... Tragedy... Marriage. marriage! Welcome to Comedy Tragedy Marriage, a podcast where a couple of old married people sit around and talk about stuff they've watched. And I am Stan the Movie Man... I review films on my own webpage, StanTheMovieMan.com, as well as monthly for WIMZ.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at MovieManStan. Uh, and I am joined, as always, by my significantly better half. Oh, not better, just other. I am, this week I am Maud the Flummoxed Broad. Oh, 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 that does not bode well. Uh, it was my choice this week as to what we would watch, and I chose um, the uh, Korean film from Bong Joon-ho, who is, uh, and it is nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture this year, a movie called Parasite. Um, it stars absolutely no one you've heard of unless you're deep into Korean cinema. Uh, Bong Joon-ho is the director of uh, the film uh, Oha, which is on Netflix, about the giant, cute, uh, sort of hippo-pig-looking thing um, that a little girl falls in love with and is essentially treats as a pet, but is actually supposed to be used for food. Um, there's, there's also a, a monster movie... Um, the name of which just flew out of my head, also on Netflix. Uh, oh, I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, maybe later. But uh, he is a director of some renown uh, in Korea. Uh, the film Parasite um, is about a family of grifters, uh, mom, dad, son, and daughter, who uh, set their sights on a wealthy family of a mom, dad, son, and daughter, um, and slowly, uh, not slowly, uh, pretty much over the course of a week maybe, uh, they sort of take over all the jobs in the house. Uh, the son is an uh, English tutor for their daughter. Uh, the, the daughter is an art uh, therapy uh Person, person for the youngest son. Uh, the father becomes the chauffeur for the uh, father of the rich family, and then the mother becomes the housekeeper. Uh, and all four of these people, as far as the rich family knows, are not related, but in fact they are. Uh, and they've used subterfuge to uh, weasel their way into all of these jobs. Um, and... It, the movie is, well, to tell you right up front, I think it's the best movie I've seen this, uh, I saw in 2019, and I think it should win the Academy Award for Best Picture. Oh, look at you. Um, That's a bold statement. It may not, because it's, it's a foreign language film. It will definitely win foreign language, uh, uh, best foreign language film, but... Uh, um, this movie is not at all what you think it is going to be. 
it kind of starts out as this sort of uh, crime slash domestic comedy, and then about halfway through, it changes. Uh, it's it's never it never stays what you think it's going to be, yeah, and it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. And I don't want to spoil it for you. Uh, I believe it's still playing in theaters um, and in some places, and it is available to buy on iTunes. Um, we streamed it how? iTunes. iTunes. Okay. Um, so it, it is. It is not at all like an American movie. No, in that's any way, fair. shape, or form. I, I mean, aside from the language um, and and the customs, the the few that you see here, um, it is not at all like any American movie you have ever seen. And I think it's brilliant. I loved it. Um, it is brilliant. I can appreciate the brilliance oh, of it. Oh, here we go. No, I'm just going to say, again, um, no spoilers. It, hopefully no spoilers. Um, it kind of, for me, it kind of started as a black comedy. Uh-huh, yeah. Then it just turned black. <laughs> yeah. And then it turned into, like, a chili dog pizza nightmare. Oh, Okay. Um, it, it it but there's there's some strong social commentary. Uh, yes. That I'm taking away. Yes, very much um, so. The haves versus the have-nots, mm -hmm. and the struggles that the have-nots have to endure. Um, as much as much as just the have-notting part materially, mm -hmm. the lack of respect. Exactly. That is a huge part of this movie. That is a huge theme in this movie. Um, and it is not lost on me, even in my sort of simplistic American girl movie viewer brain. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, well, it isn't really terribly subtle about the class differences, the class struggles, and the, uh, seeming lack of consideration from the wealthy family towards their help. Yes. Um, um, th there's a sort of a running... Uh, commentary throughout about how they smell. That, uh, oh, that, first of all, crawled all over me and um, angered me. And then it just became profoundly, achingly sad. Mm -hmm. For me. Mm -hmm. um, I... I so there's there's a lot to take away out of this thing. That being said, I call it this thing. Um, this is an experience I've had now. Well, okay. Um, again, without... I don't need to ever repeat it. Okay, uh, that's fair. Because um, I see movies all the time. Well, at least twice in just the last few months that I never have to see again. Y indeed. Uncut Gems is one of them. Yeah. Even though some people just think it's the best thing ever. See, I have a feeling I probably would like that way better than you oh, did. Oh, no, you wouldn't. I guarantee you wouldn't. D d d I will happily take you to see it, even though I don't ever want to see it again. But I'll happily take you to see it so you can experience it. I'll wait until I can stream it, thanks. Uh, and also Joker. Uh, Meh. Joker is... Yeah, it's it also is, it's relentlessly 
uh, sort of a downer. It's well, it's a well-made relentless downer, uh, and I I enjoyed it in a sense, but I, I never had. You don't to see need it to again. see it again. Whereas yeah. Uncut Gems is this. It's like a rubber band being pulled and stretched and stretched, and yeah. it's getting thinner and thinner and. You When's know it's it going to break, and it's not going to be good. You know it's going to snap, and it's going to hurt, and you just don't know when that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I and I don't ever have to do that either again. Is stretch a rubber band until it snaps. Yeah. Uh, so but yeah, you're, you're gonna because you do this. You do this. This is your thing. So not with those spe two specific things. Well, no, no, no. But other movies will come that will offer you and a until, similar experience. And until I experience them, I don't know that. So, you know, there's that. Something to look forward to. Yay! <laughs> uh, <laughs> The thing that I, and again, no spoilers, the thing that I like so much about Parasite is that it shifts seamlessly from that black comedy to just black, to the black, to the uh, coal, bottom of a coal mine black. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. And then, and then profoundly sad. And that those elements are masterful i will i can appreciate that and all those turns make sense they do it's perhaps the the part in the in the middle where it changes from that black comedy to just black mm -hmm. that is probably the part that uh, stretches credulity where the we, most yes where we must suspend belief the most but is in the middle Considering where it is in South Korea, yeah. with the constant threat uh, of uh, Rocket Man uh, yeah. claiming that he's going to, you know, wipe them off the face of the earth, uh, that part of that, and um, I, I think those, um, I have to spoil a little bit, not much, there is a, a, a crime aspect. Um, yeah. Lone sharking uh, that comes up in the film in at the center section, and I think that may be a more prevalent than you and I would understand. Would ever know? Both yeah. here in America and in South Korea. Uh, well, again, so, it's another it's another portion of the dilemma of the have-nots. Exactly, uh, and and so it it th while that section you know, kind of requires you to, to, you know, go, okay, all right, you know, yeah. I don't know anything about this world, but I under I can see how maybe... Academically, you exactly. can understand how it could happen. But once you get past that, the, everything that comes after it makes sense. Yeah. And, Agreed. and the uh, frenetic birthday party uh, near the end... Uh, makes sense, considering. Yes. yes. And and the it's the, a fitting climax to what has happened before. And the letter that he receives at the end makes sense because yeah. it's sort of been telegraphed. Pardon the expression. Uh, earlier in the film, we have received foreshadowing. Yes. So it it it. it it makes sense. It all just works together, uh, these sort of four sections of the film. 
and um, it's it's just so refreshing to see something so different that isn't so formulaic that you know you know that that character is going to live to the end because you already know there's going to be a sequel or because he's the hero he has to live to the end or he has to have a heroic death uh usually saving the woman or the child Uh, that's a thing that strikes me actually is that there are no heroes in this movie not really i don't I, i don't find any even the but the and grifter. There are no true villains either. No, see what what is the the villain? Which again is masterful storytelling. The villain in Parasite is the social and structure. financial yes. structure of this particular. Well, actually, every society. The, the class system. Exactly. Is the villain. Uh, the grifter family is doing whatever they feel they need to do. To get by. To to get by. And if they have to tell a lie here or there, or if they have to make a woman have a real allergic reaction to peach fuzz, they will. <laughs> uh, and Stuff happens. Stuff happens. Now, if they, you know, I, it's, and this happens in every movie, it's kind of a, if they, if they just hadn't done this, or if they had just done, done this, yeah. then everything would be fine. They could keep, you know, bilking these people for money for years. Well, okay, here's the thing. They weren't exactly bilking them. They were working. They were providing the services they were hired to do, but the two kids uh, were lying about their credentials. Actually, all four of them were lying about their credentials. But they were providing services. They were. So it's 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 kind of byzantine in that way it's very there are a lot of um stray threads that weave into this tapestry Mm -hmm. to um to create what ends up for me being a very disturbing picture yes it it is well i i'm not as disturbed by it as it just is sad when you when you i mean granted there's some loss of life so you know. Sad is disturbing. Well, in yes, a lot of cases. But I'm not disturbed because of uh, because it is so far outside the realm of my understanding that I can't comprehend how these things could happen. Mm-hmm. It's it's just sad that this family was felt that they had to go to these extremes and then a, a, a an event outside of their control yeah. starts a cascade of failures and mistakes and events that leads to the tragic conclusion. Yeah. It is uh I it it was again just so refreshing to see a film that was so utterly unbelievable and and unconventional and unpredictable. Yeah. Um, if you watch the trailer for uh, Parasite, it might come off as one of those sort of um, uh, one of those um, uh, atmospheric horror movies where there's lots of long shots of shocked faces and 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I don't. I don't believe you've seen a trailer, but that when the when the when the mom comes up, the the rich mom comes up the stairs and she hears the the maid coughing. Yeah. Well, in the trailer, you just see her come up the stairs with her hand over her mouth, and yeah. it's like, oh, what is she about to find? Is there? Or what did she just see? Yeah. Or you know, is there dun, dun, a ghost dun. at the top of the stairs, or a body's been ripped apart and thrown everywhere? And you just, you don't know what this movie is going to be until you see it. True statement. And it's, you know, I'm sorry that apparently you don't like it as much as I do, but I, I just think it's, it's a brilliant piece of storytelling, uh, beautifully shot, uh, with terrific performances by a bunch of people whose names I can't pronounce and, uh, won't even, you know, try to I won't insult them by trying they won a uh, a SAG award screen actors guild for uh, best ensemble in a in a dramatic film mm-hmm. uh, they've won it's won other awards it's made a ton of money worldwide for a relatively low production budget of 20 million it's made well over a hundred good return on investment yes and um I, I don't think uh, that so far in his feature film career, Bong Joon-ho has uh, put out a stinker. I think pretty much everything he's put out has been considered um, um, just a, a very, at least a very good film. So, I, Snowpiercer. That was the another film that he put out. Again, with the... Uh, um, uh, dichotomy of of rich and poor, uh, but on a uh, a train, a supersonic train that travels around the world because the Earth is uh, in deep freeze, and all the survivors of civilization are, are on, on this train. train with the poor in the back and the rich in the front, and Ugh. there's sort of a revolution that happens. So, I d- I did not hate it. I, I can tell you didn't hate it, but I'm flummoxed by it. Um, and as far as a rating goes, this, this for me, um, is very reminiscent of my experience watching Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. I have to give it two different ratings. Well, hold off on that. I, 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 I'm wagging the finger at oh, you. okay. Because people, right. people listening can't see me finger right. wagging, so. Maybe, maybe the, have you ever, of the wind, exactly. That's the sound of finger wagging. Anyway, yes. go ahead, do whatever. Well, I mean, I would just we usually do that a little later in the in the event here. So, all right. All right. Well, then we may as well take a break. Okay. All right. We'll be back to talk more about Parasite and how disappointed I am that she doesn't like it. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> in right, just a second. Right after this. Back with more Parasite talk on comedy tragedy marriage. Uh, yeah. Um, it, uh, what was the rating on this? Uh, well, there are some F-bombs in the, in the... In the captions. In the captions. Yes, because it's all in Korean, so you're reading subtitles throughout. Right. Uh, and there's, there's that sex scene. Uh, granted, there's no nudity, but it is 
fairly explicit. It's for, adult. It's adult content for over with the clothes. Their clothes on, but and but there's I, violence. There's some violence. Yeah, well, and there's, there's some rather there's graphic blood. violence. So yeah, there's. Uh, I, I gotta assume it's an R. Yeah, okay. I don't remember right off the top of my head, but it, I'm certain it's an R with the language and the don't violence. Don't take the kids. N well, no, don't take the kids. They wouldn't get it anyway. They'd be bored to death. I, they, they don't want to go to a movie and, you know, have to do homework by reading. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, and I realize that puts off a lot of people. But there are some movies that are just so good, you don't have to... Reading the dialogue uh, isn't a big deal. There was a uh, Belgian slash French movie I went to see called Raw. It it was a horror movie of a sort, a different kind of horror movie, and it had subtitles, and I didn't care. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I like that movie a lot. So if you get a chance, go see Raw. See Raw. Well, it's been it's two or three years old now. But if you get a chance to, to stream it. rent it or stream it, please do. It's very good. But, you know, subtitles, you know, subtitles aren't going to hurt a bad movie. And uh, if it's, I mean, aren't going to aren't going to hurt a good movie. And, um, you know, if it's a bad movie, it doesn't matter if it's subtitled or not. See, it's the same for me with opera. I do, people are like, oh, opera, they don't talk American in opera, and it's just a bunch of people screaming in foreign language, and I don't understand. Well, whatever. Um, if the opera is indeed in a foreign language, and you have subtitles, it is, for me, I don't mind reading along mm -hmm. and listening to the majesty that is the human voice in its um, highest form of perfection. Yeah, so um, you heard it here. Uh, Maud just said that Parasite was the highest form of perfection. No, so no, no. That is not what I said. That's exactly what she meant. That is not Maybe what not I meant. not what she said, I but she meant, definitely meant that. I because was hey! I was talking about opera and the voice, the human voice in its highest form of perfection and reading subtitles, watching an opera. So do not sass me. Okay. Um, well, no, don't, don't, don't be mean. Um, so let's go ahead and give it a rating. You already know it's mine's five stars. What about you? You give it 11 birthday cakes. A birthday cake is a... It's a pivotal plot It's point. a fairly yes. featured character in a part of this movie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, for me, again, like Lighthouse, I have to give it two scores. I give it a five just on the quality of the filmmaking and the storytelling. Mm -hmm. I can appreciate that this is a well-made, masterfully told story. But for my enjoyment, mm -hmm. no higher than a three. Okay. Um, because I found it stressful to watch mm -hmm. in a lot of places. Well, and what wasn't stressful was um, sad and not in a good, satisfying, give me a Kleenex kind of way. It was just, it was just sad, like, oh, God, bummer. <laughs> kind, uh, of, kind of way. So that, uh, a five and a three. Okay. I, no, I, I respect that. And I understand it. Um, I appreciate you working with my limited sophistication as no, far as the filmmaking process not, is concerned, Stan. That's not it at all. 
Uh, well, when, but it is though. When I saw, well, no, when I saw there will be blood, which won an Academy Award for uh, Daniel Day Lewis. He doesn't make something. He doesn't get a get out of bed for something that doesn't win him an Oscar. Well, uh, that is a story about. But it's um, a bizarre little piece of film, right? Uh, not bizarre, really. Well, he's a bizarre character, but yeah. uh, it's about oil men back at the turn of the century, and this one guy strikes it rich, and he's essentially a soulless bastard and uh, um, greedy, and um, uh, that ends with a very bizarre scene <laughs> in a bowling out on a bowling lane in his home, uh, um, using a bowling pin as a weapon. Um, and I never have to see that movie again. Hashtag crazy rich guy. Yep, pretty much. Okay. But yeah, uh, I understand how a movie can make you feel. Going back to earlier, Uncut Gems made me feel yeah. that way. Because uh, this guy in Uncut Gems is uh, is in deep with loan sharks and bookies, and he's... He's moving money around and stealing jewelry from people to pawn so that he can bet and try to get out from under. Yeah. And it's just that constant shuffling and his personal life is a catastrophe. So yeah, that sounds stressful. It is. It's extraordinarily stressful. And again, I never have to see it again. Platoon did that to me. I mean, it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. But my guts were clenched through that whole film. Mm -hmm. And as brilliant as it is, I don't ever have to see it again. Um, I mean, and we know how old that movie is. And it's 2020 now. Mm -hmm. And it's, I like still thinking about it now. My stomach is in knots. Um, to be honest, and forgive me, but The Passion of the Christ is like that for me. Mel Gibson's. Oh, well, that's understandable. It's graphic and brutal and... And you know how um, it's going to end. You know how it's going to end. Well, <laughs> we hope you know how it ends. Well, yeah. Um, if you're, We hope you're familiar with the story. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you went to see that a second time with me so mm -hmm. that I would not have to sit through it alone. Mm -hmm. um, but having said that, I could see it again and be okay about it i think well but it is a stressful gut-wrenching exp experience it, seeing it a second time not long after the first with you uh that part i was really dreading it more for you since you weren't since you hadn't seen it yeah and i was a little okay i i know it's all special effects and um you know, he's not really being scourged or having nails driven through his palms. Exquisite special effects, though. Yes, I mean, it was extraordinarily well done. It, yeah. And if you haven't seen it, you should. Or not. Um, well, um, have tissues nearby. Yeah, it's... It, it of course, is. we went to see it on Good Friday, which from... No, it wouldn't make a difference for a lot no, of people, but wouldn't. for me, it was really significant to see it on a Good Friday. As a believer, I mean, I'm a crappy believer. I suck at being a Christian, well, yeah. but I, I, me and God are working on a bunch of stuff. I've said that here before. But um, to 
to sit and share this experience with a theater full of people and hear sobbing and Mm -hmm. sniffling Mm -hmm. from all over the theater. And that had subtitles. Yes. Because it was in Aramaic. Aramaic. Yeah. So, you know, you can, you can, you can make yourself see a subtitled movie, uh, or you can choose to see a subtitled movie. To go into um, it with an open mind. Yeah, because, um, again, it's the quality of the film that will decide whether you enjoy it or not, not that you have to read the dialogue. The storytelling. Right. All right. All right. Uh, what have we watched this week? Okay, for me, I will start, because mm-hmm. I've been watching the things. Mm-hmm. Oh, hallelujah, um, This Is Us is back. Yay. You poo-poo me, but you should be watching this with me. Um and like stuff's getting real. It was we we got a big fat dose of real before the fall finale mm-hmm. and hiatus. Mm-hmm. And like you know, Toby and Kate are like things are happening there. Stuff's happening with Mama. I'm not spoiling anything for anybody, but crap's getting real up in here. Yes. Um. To counteract the crap getting real, mm-hmm. um, I, I discovered something actually segments of this were showing up in my social feed. Mm-hmm. So I decided to find the actual show and watch whole episodes. I have been watching um, Curvy Bride's Boutique. <laughs> it, stop it. Uh, no, I, it's, a, it's a great name. It's, Curvy, and it's perfect. Curvy, Curvy Bride's Boutique. <laughs> it is um, a... Um, a production of TLC, um, Britain and Ireland, and, uh, Britain and Ireland or something. It's anyway, I, uh, it's, it's available streaming on TLC and, um, Joe and Al are best friends, um, with multiple marriages between the two of them and multiple children, um, who run and who own and operate an exclusive plus-size bridal boutique um, somewhere in the British countryside. It's it's all very, very British. Yes. Unless, you know, depending on where in Britain you come from, there are a lot of different dialects right. and accents right. that you'll hear. But the whole premise is these women know what it's like to be plus-size and what a downer it is to be a plus-size bride trying to find a dress in a not-plus-size universe. Right. And these these women go all out. They they have beautiful what looks like couture bridal gowns um, in very large sizes. Mm-hmm. So a very large woman can come in here and actually get a dress that fits her. Not only that fits her, but multiple dresses that fit her and flatter her. And it has been amazing to me binging this thing like I have. Um, the transformation the right dress can make on a on a even a very very large body mm-hmm. it's unbelievable the difference and how these women feel about themselves once they see themselves as a legit bride and they feel bridal and beautiful and special and like a queen which they should for their special day when they're marrying the love of their life um it it's there's a lot of humor in it um but it hits me in my feels too as a curvy plus size 
woman. And as you remember, I was a plus size bride. Mm-hmm. So, um, this A is... plus, if you know what I'm saying. Aww. <laughs> um, that was very sweet, Stan. Thank you. Sure. Um, what else did I binge? Oh, God. I binged the entire first season of The Handmaid's Tale. Oh. <laughs> okay. This is streaming on Hulu. O-M-G. It is... Um, why have I waited this long? There are... Oh, there's there's about 50 shows that we could say that about. Dude, this thing... This is like this the, the dystopian society that we're seeing in Handmaid's Tale is so beyond belief. And yet, a lot of the story is told in flashback. Mm-hmm. And when we see some of the flashbacks... We see how dystopia got born, mm-hmm. and it's frighteningly plausible. <laughs> now, I'm not even kidding. And, oh, Margaret, yeah. and Margaret Atwood wrote this book in 1985, and I can't help but think, what is this woman looking into her crystal ball and licking frogs and smoking shrooms? I mean, I don't even, I'm mixing my dope metaphors. Right. But, um, she's, it, she's pouring the tea and then reading the leaves. I, I don't know what she was doing, but but um, it, it the how we got to this dystopia it is like I said, it's disturbingly plausible, mm-hmm. um, especially considering the the glorious America that we're living in currently. Yeah, well, um, and yeah. I'm not a political person, and I'm not making political statements, but it's in even in one of the episodes. Um, the the all-knowing omniscient narrator says you know you can you can find yourself in a slowly warming tub of water and find yourself boiled before you know what's happened yes yeah so you've enjoyed that first season oh my gosh yes all right oh my gosh yes all right uh you and i watched some documentaries and boy were they uplifting um There's something wrong with Aunt Diane. Jeez, wow. And and like they did not put a bow on the end of that at all. No. Uh a woman driving uh her two kids, two or three kids, two kids. Two kids and three and nieces. Three nieces three, three niece back from a camping nephews. trip. Um starts acting funny in the car, the kids are making uh, cell phone calls saying there's something wrong with Aunt Diane. And she, she can't see. Her she head hurts. She can't see. Her head hurts. And she's uh, very late getting the kids home. Her and her husband left at the same time, but in different vehicles from this camping trip. And it's what should have taken 35 minutes took four and a half hours or something like that. And technically, she never got there. She did not. Uh, she was traveling northbound in the southbound lanes or the vice versa. She was going the wrong way for 1.7 miles before and she finally came to a stop. Head-on collision with another vehicle. Uh, three men in that vehicle were killed. And everybody in her minivan was killed except her youngest son. Uh-huh. Uh, there is a rather disturbing and graphic photograph of the woman uh, after Aunt, the accident, Aunt Diane, Diane yeah. uh, when, and it's obviously a crime scene photo, I hope. 
but she is deceased, and you can tell she's severely injured. Yeah. Although it's not terribly bloody, there are some obvious injuries. It's it's a disturbing picture. And the toxicology comes back, and she has a huge amount of alcohol in her system, and THC. She'd been smoking pot, but her allegedly. husband. Well, I don't think it's allegedly. Uh, her husband um, and his sister-in-law, uh, the woman married to his brother, um, swear up and down that that wasn't her, that she wasn't a closet alcoholic. Uh, she had the occasional drink, and she would occasionally use marijuana to relax. At bedtime, yeah, to sleep. But uh, that she just wasn't somebody, especially with a van full of kids yeah, she just she wouldn't would, do that that she would never do anything to endanger children and then over the course of the documentary which you know i told you it's got to be she had a stroke or she maybe there was some discussion about dental work that she walked out of in the middle yeah and she, she had an abscess she had an abscess tooth that was maybe went you know blood uh, uh infection that went to her brain something something had to cause this and there had to be a screw up at the lab they tried and they, they tried try real multiple, hard <laughs> they tried multiple ways to like get her samples tested more than once by yeah. more than one agency there was it was um what I would call a multi-point failure as far as her samples and her talk screens and... The private detective. The detective, who I still think was kind of a jerk at right. the very least. Um, it was it was a disturbing documentary, and I did not get satisfactory closure, and it left with, with more questions than answers, so it was great. <laughs> no, I really liked it. It's just... I did too, but it... It, it's troubling. It's troubling. So uh, that's called, uh, there's something wrong with Aunt Diane. Um, I believe, well, we watched it on Amazon. No, we watched it on HBO. Did we? Yes. Okay, we streamed uh, it. We streamed it on HBO Go. And um, you can also, uh, it's on several other streaming platforms. Um, and we also watched the Cheshire Murders. Uh, Cheshire, Connecticut. Uh, these two guys followed um, a mother and their uh, her like eleven or fourteen year old daughter home from the grocery store. Uh, did a home invasion, um, beat the husband with a baseball bat, um, and the next morning uh, took the wife to the bank and she withdrew like fifteen thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. And uh, the house, they set the house on fire, killed everybody inside except the husband. There were two daughters, like an 11-year-old and a 14-year-old. Well, I thought she was 19. 14 or 16 I thought she was something. about to go to college. Maybe. I don't anyway, remember. an older and a younger daughter. Uh, every, uh, the mother and the two daughters were killed, and the, uh, the father was able to, to uh, get out before the fire engulfed the house. Uh, these two guys were scumbags, obviously, who you get a you get a sort of a, a, a two versions of them. Uh, one of their um, counselors uh, says that he one of the guys was just he 
couldn't not do drugs and stay clean mm-hmm. and because if he was clean he was a good guy and the other guy his his family just pretty much you know said he's he's a catastrophe always has been is just no good do what you will which one was the pedophile uh the younger one okay and uh he he was the one who apparently was allegedly sexually molested yeah. at a very young age consistently um, and, uh, you know, it's just they follow their court case um, through to their sentencing, um, which actually happened some years ago. Uh, they were both sentenced to death, but they've both had their sentences. Well, one of them has had their sentence cut down to six consecutive life terms, and the other one is still appealing. Yeah, the death penalty was overturned in Connecticut. Right. So, but it, that wasn't retroactive. True. It was only for, for newer cases. Um, their case, it still applied, but eventually they'll probably commute the other guy's sentence as well. Yeah. But it's, it's um, you know, they're both sort of unsatisfying in that there's really no, can't be really any happy ending with either of these documentaries. Um, but it, it gives you sort of a look at the court system, at least as it was back in, say, 2012 or 11, whenever Mm -hmm. that particular case occurred. Um, and how much can go wrong with chain of evidence? Well, chain of evidence. In the, in the, in the Diane documentary, particularly. Yes. And how, um, a desire for vengeance can can lead to, you know, um, costing taxpayers millions of dollars because the both men were willing to take plea deals in for the life. murder case for, for life without parole um, and would plead guilty and would not um, appeal. But prosecutors wanted the death penalty and they wanted trial. Uh, yes, and they wanted it to be as salacious as possible to rile up the public, and it was, and it did. Um, and, you know, it's it's just, it's well, it's extraordinarily sad just on the face of it, but um, it's, it's also sort of an indictment um, on our justice system, so... So, uh, yeah, if, you're, uh, if you just feel you're just too happy, there's a couple of documentaries that'll knock you down a peg. Uh, we also watched um, Kathy Griffin's A Hell of a Story. Oh, my stars. <laughs> Talk about an indictment. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, uh, okay, whatever you think of Kathy Griffin. She is polarizing. She is polarizing, um, but... Um, the woman got, um, there's no polite verb for what happened to her. She got hosed. She got, she got hosed for what she felt like was a joke photograph that turned out getting her on like FBI lists um cia lists getting her death threats and no fly lists and they thought she was a terrorist and blah 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 and um she was in the middle of a of a tour uh, and half the dates uh, D- disappeared the, other, the second the half of the dates were completely canceled she had to leave the country 
to do to her stand-up Once she was able to leave the country, she was on the no-fly list for two months. And uh, she got uh, pulled out of line in every airport. Yes, she was detained in every airport. Um, And... Her passport taken. uh, Her her phone was Mm -hmm. checked and... And all the rest of it. It's, it is pretty eye opening. I knew she lost gigs. I knew she got fired from the CNN New Year's Eve thing, um, uh, and I, I knew about the cancellation of her tours. Uh, but I had no idea about the whole fly thing, or that she was under active investigation by the Department of Justice uh, for. Uh, she could have been charged with. Uh, conspiracy, conspiracy to, to assassinate, assassinate the, the president, president of the United States for holding she, up a mask that had ketchup on it. She may still be under investigation. She that may. Can, they that said can, that's it was an indefinite, open-ended thing. Yeah, uh, that, that's what what she said. They told her, and her lawyer told her, and um, it's like, yeah, they can do that. Yeah, uh, about maybe two thirds or a half of the uh, documentary is uh, her stand-up show. That talks about all of this, but and it's only a, it's maybe an hour of it, uh, and she was doing three hours in these post uh, mm-hmm. controversy shows. So it's a pretty you can tell it's pretty heavily cut up. But um, the thing, the thing that angers me, one of many things that that anger me. And again, you can think what you will about Kathy Griffin. Yes, she's vulgar. Um, yeah, she's polarizing, all of that, mm-hmm. whatever. Not only did she receive death threats, her nearly 100-year-old mother received death threats, and her sister Joyce, who was dying of cancer, was receiving death threats until the day she died. And probably some after. Probably. Uh, yeah, so that's... This is, the, this is the First Amendment, though, people. She didn't break the law. No, she didn't. Um, Was it ill-advised? Yes. Was it in poor taste? Undoubtedly. Was it illegal? No. And and even though it's repugnant, unfortunately, those people who were sending her, um, calling her ugly names, and... Yeah, um, their freedom of speech is protected. That was their freedom of speech as well. So the argument goes both ways. I think you cross a line when you... Um, when you threaten to end someone's life. I think your freedom of speech kind of hits a brick wall right about there, and it, as it should. Uh, she talks well, about... Well, that's what, that's what people perceive, though, that she was doing with the plastic, waxy Trump face. Yeah, that's not what that was. They, but they were saying, that's death threat. No, it's, it's, it's not. Yeah. Uh, any thinking person knew that it wasn't. Um, so... <laughs> She talked about the FBI was helping her divide up her mail into things that she needed to worry about and that to give to them and things that were just, you know, your your basic random Legitimate garbage. threats versus um, not legitimate threats. Right. And she said some of them uh, on the envelope had return addresses, which like, makes the FBI's job so, so much, much easier. easier. Uh, and like, they appreciated that. Like, Really? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was. Uh, I enjoyed that. I. It's okay. You can be vulgar. You can be rude. You can be whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Um, she has been all of the above. Mm-hmm. But she didn't break the law. No. Uh, so that is available to stream. If you are a Amazon Prime member, you can watch that for free. Uh, it is Amazon Prime Video. And a lot of it's really funny. Yes. Once you get past the, oh my God, the government can come and get me for saying any, anything now. Yeah, and and she's she's very open and honest about how it wore her down. And she was doing little sort of selfie videos and she's bawling her eyes out talking about how she's just exhausted and uh, during her tour she couldn't sleep and that was taking a toll on her as well her and assistant her quit assistant in the middle quit, of the tour and, yeah, she's having was, to wash her underwear in the sink <laughs> i think uh, she was doing that anyway um just yeah lots of it's 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 pretty eye-opening uh and i saw doolittle which stars robert downey jr as dr doolittle um, and it, this movie has been pretty much harangued by the real critics. It has, uh, last I checked, a 19 on Rotten Tomatoes, and like a in the upper 20s on or low 30s on Metacritic. They're saying it's a stinker. It they they are saying it's a stinker, and it came out in the first uh, couple of weeks of the new year. That's also a bad sign. Um, and I wasn't expecting anything. Actually, I was expecting it to, to be a to, to blow so hard that I would have fun writing a negative review. And lo and behold, I liked it. It's not perfect. It's frenetic. And I have no clue what accent Robert Downey Jr. is doing. <laughs> okay. uh, somebody said it was Welsh. It sounds like uh, um, a male version of Mrs. Doubtfire. But I liked it. It's funny. The animals... Uh, the CG, they're all CGI animals. Uh, are uh, their personalities? They have distinct personalities and foibles and weaknesses and like strengths. Like real animals do. Uh, well, that, but they're they're really just people, just furry people. Um, and like, like real animals uh, are. Right. And uh, it's uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. It's it again isn't perfect, but it, it for kids especially should enjoy it. Um, and I gave it four stars, four cool. out of five. So, uh, if if you want me to turn in my uh, critic card, feel free to come and get it. I don't have one. Uh, all right, I guess that takes care of it for this episode of Comedy Tragedy Marriage. Next week's my turn. Next week's is uh, Maud's turn. Do you have any idea what you're uh, thinking about? None at all. Good, because I wasn't sure until. Yesterday, uh, yesterday, what I was going to have 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 you watch today? Well, okay then, spontaneity. Yes, exactly. Again, uh, please follow me on Twitter at MovieManStan. Check out my movie reviews, StanTheMovieMan.com. If you'd like to send us an email, feel free to do that. StanTheMovieMan123 at gmail.com. And until next time, later. later. Yay!